Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I am chatting with narrator Shayna Somerville. Shayna, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm excited. Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, and how you got started. Sure. Uh, well, I started narrating in 2018. Uh, technically, I did one book in 2017, but we pretend that one doesn't <laughs> exist, All and I don't think it actually one. ever got released. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a roommate who would never stay quiet long enough for me to do anything, so it wasn't until I moved in with my husband that... It was like, oh, you know, to be quiet when I need to record. Let's actually give this a go. Um, but I graduated from college in 2013 with my degree in theater. And I've been doing theater in Chicago since then. But theater doesn't always pay the best. So I was looking <laughs> for other forms of income. And a lot of people had been talking about how they were getting into voiceover I took a voiceover workshop, like an exploration thing that was 90 minutes long. And the guy who was coaching me through that was like, you know, I think you'd be good at audiobooks. You should consider that. I was like, okay. I went and looked at ACX, went, I don't know what these technical specs are, and put <laughs> it away for a while. And then someone offered like a three-hour class in Chicago about um, audiobook narration. And I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. And after that, I started auditioning. I started coaching first with Sean Allen Pratt. So that was when I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm really going for it. Let's do private coaching. And then I really dove into it. And around the end of 2020, I started working with my first publishers instead of just indie authors. And here I am about a hundred plus books later. And a collective hundred and something books later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a, a few that are coming out later this month, actually in a couple of days from what I'm seeing here. But yeah, mm -hmm. it uh, lots of contemporary romance, mm -hmm. looks like romantic suspense, but could also be potential, you know, diptopian depending on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do a lot of Lately, a lot more romance than I had been doing at the beginning of my career, um, especially lots of rom-coms. I'm the light, bubbly voice. I do a lot of YA in middle grade, so to me, that makes sense. It's like, okay, I'm young. Let's do this thing. <laughs> Use the tools you've been given, people, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, in real life for theater performances, it was only recent, only just recently I was still playing teenagers on stage, despite high school having been quite a while ago so <laughs> it makes sense when I'm like yeah I'm d playing a high schooler with my voice that makes sense <laughs> yeah well again as you know things move forward that you know you'll still have that option and others mm -hmm. as they come up and then you yes. know you'll be here for a long long time then so yes <laughs> <laughs> more books for us Woo. Mm -hmm. how has your process changed or shifted since starting taking the classes and the webinar and you know to where you are now a lot um let's see so when i first started narrating um i was living in my apartment that was a block away from wrigley field oh boy and 
I had to not record while Cubs games were happening because cheering would get picked up by my microphone. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was recording in my closet and I didn't have a screen or anything in there. I had this really old tablet that you couldn't update or if you updated it, it would stop working. Mm -hmm. And I would have my laptop outside of my booth. I'd start recording. I did not know anything about punch and roll or anything like that at that time because I was just like, okay, I'm recording and I'll edit everything later. And I started off doing all of my own editing and everything, which not best practices, but hey, that's where I started. Um, And then eventually when I moved apartments and it didn't have a nice closet, my dad helped me build a booth. Um, And so then my booth is actually decorated to look like the TARDIS. And I'm like, if I'm going to be standing in a box, then it may as well be the TARDIS because I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, and eventually I actually got a good setup in here with a monitor and better microphone than I started with and everything. And I learned how to punch and roll. I started going, you know, I don't want to be spending all this time editing (laughs) my own work. Let me outsource this to people. Or when I got in with publishers, they're taking care of it for me anyway. So it's just easier for me to be like, here, someone else take care of this so that I have more time to narrate. But as far as the actual... Oh, another thing I've had to work on a lot um, is I'm when I started off, I still do a lot of theater. But one of the biggest things for narration is bringing back my theater a little bit and equating everything more with kind of on camera acting where everything's smaller. Because if I dive into my I do musical theater, I was like, (laughs) I am too big for the microphone. Pull it back, Shana, smaller, smaller, smaller. (laughs) So, yeah. I guess those are the biggest changes for me. Yeah. And um, so from the prep perspective, do you also uh, outsource that or do you do the prep work, you know, as far as going through Mm. the book and figuring out accents from the page information? Yeah, I do my own prep work at this point. I have considered doing some outsourcing of it, but I haven't quite been willing to give it up quite yet. Um, But yeah, I go through... I tend to like to highlight the different characters in different colors just because then I can see visually on the page, oh, this person is coming up. Or when a person has a whole nearly page long monologue, but it doesn't say until the end after (laughs) they're speaking, so-and-so said, I'm like, oh, this is this person. And I don't have to stop and be like, who is this? Oh, right. That's them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do that. I come up with the voices, figure out what accents and vocal characteristics and everything from doing my own prep. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a trust thing, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes down to having to outsource anything, you have to find someone that is going to be thorough and make sure that you notice and that shit tells you that that person that was talking, not only is that one individual, but also has a French accent. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I did have a book once where it was like, oh, it is, two thirds of the way through the book. And this character has an Indian accent. I did not realize that. And I had prepped the book, but it was just like a throwaway sentence that yes. it, in my initial prep, I'm like, la di da di da. And thankfully it was a small character, but then I got there and went, well, I'm Ooh. re-recording this character. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of them. They all have something similar, trust me. So <laughs> it's almost like, a, a, like a, oh my goodness, what is this called? part of the of the of of the gig you know you're gonna have that moment of 
oh, damn it, Scottish accent. Okay, good. Gotta do that again. Um, so yeah, it's part of the core. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, please not Scottish. I do not do Scottish. <laughs> good to know. Um, what accents do you love to perform? Um, generally, RP British. I like as uh, some of the other British accents are really tricky and I'll do them, but only if they're a smaller character and I have lots of time to be like, okay, I'm drilling this person's lines. Um, Irish, I enjoy. Israeli, actually. I had to learn that one for a series of zombie apocalypse books hmm. this past year. And I was like, oh, this one feels nice in my mouth. I can do decent with French. Oh, Southern. My I live in the Chicago area, but... Um, my dad's side of the family is all down in Kentucky, so I grew up hearing that. So um, I can do decent with generic Southern. I can't necessarily be like, oh, this is Louisiana versus Kentucky versus <laughs> Atlanta. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not that good at it, but I'm like, OK, I can at least be passable as a generic Southerner. <laughs> and I think that's probably I I'm probably missing one or two. But yeah, I'm usually I took dialects in a dialects course in college and I've taken a few now that I'm out of college and I'm pretty good at picking up most new accents. Australian and Scottish are not my things. <laughs> hey, they're, they're again, similar to the previous uh, statement. It, everybody has like an Achilles <laughs> heel when it comes to accents. And, yeah. um, and if they haven't figured it out yet, just because they have not been cast in it as of yet. So, um, but it's also why we have great dialect coaches uh, yes. to, to run to and say, help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. And I have people who will like, mm -hmm. I can pay them and be like, I have like 10 lines from this character in this book who has this random accent I have never worked on. And I don't have time to learn a whole new accent for this. Can you record this in this dialect and I'll mimic it? Great. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Right. It's, it's good to have those friends and, and people in your network that yeah. you can bust out with. Here's some money, please help. You know, it's, it's great um, to be able to rely on that too, because it's important. Otherwise you would be not recording as much. You would no. be constantly having to learn, you know, one thing or another, because there's always something new authors mm -hmm. love to throw things at you guys. Yes, they do. <laughs> sometimes I, and I know for a fact that sometimes depending on the relationship, um, especially if you've narrated for a couple of books, they will do that shit on purpose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see if she realizes that this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I recently had a book that I was recording where the author, there was a character whose name could either be pronounced the French way or the English way. And they were set in France, but they were, they had an English accent and I was just like, which one is it? But then when I was asking the author, she had emailed back. Yeah, you guys have your hands full with this one. I, th I threw a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I, it's been talked about. Um, it was even on NBC with Scott Britt. One of his authors would purposely add accents just to see if he can do it. <laughs> I'm like damn talk about hold my beer moments you know <laughs> jesus but again all in good fun and yes. you know what i, I kind of sometimes see it as a, okay i got you i'm mean, like challenge accepted i will learn this yeah uh, if it weren't for just randomly having a character who is israeli in mm -hmm. 
that one book, I don't know, maybe I would have learned it eventually, but I certainly wouldn't have been like, PJ Auckland, please coach me through this. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, I'm good at this one. Give me more Israeli, please. Yeah. Yeah. PJ is actually one of the uh, coaches that I'm constantly referring to when it comes down to dialect. He is phenomenal at it. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really good to to also know some of that stuff as far as who you can go to. Yes. And they all have a specialty and sometimes they'll do general coaching for audiobooks. But when they have that specialty, oh, you're golden, yeah. golden <laughs> for the for the community. So that's fantastic. So now that we've dealt with the fact that you don't do Scottish or in, in Australia, <laughs> as far as liking to do it, I'm going to ask you to do it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to ask you to do it. <laughs> oh, gosh. An example of why. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I have a very specific example for Scottish. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I was sitting in dialect class in college and we were working on Scottish and I cannot roll my R's. Mm. I just can't. And my teacher is sitting there being like, okay, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Just let your tongue be relaxed and let the air go over it. Like, and I'm like, and then eventually after the entire class is staring at me this whole time, it felt like at least 10 minutes. It probably wasn't that long, but eventually the teacher's like, oh, you really can't roll your R's. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's why I said it previously. <laughs> so now if something Scottish comes up, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, I can, do, I can do all the sounds, but the rolling R's. Don't make me roll the R's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of a, like trauma there too because you're going everybody was staring at me performance anxiety and I told you you didn't believe me it's like it's hard rolling the R's is not something that everybody can do and do it correctly um I will warn you though that the Spanish dialect sometimes Mm -hmm. will have the rolling R's and it it happens to a bunch of us and it's always funny like haha you can't roll your R's when we (laughs) have siblings and the other one goes you know and I'm like stop it you know so it's it's always fun yeah I'm like it sounds like a car (laughs) yeah I cannot do the whole rolling R thing with that I I got through Spanish class in high school with the fake like (gasps) flipping the R but okay so I can flip it I just can't sustain that sound for more than like (laughs) yeah well, the good news, though, is that at the end of the day, when it comes down to the accents, it's we're not expecting a complete, bro, you know, yeah. broke up accent of things, because <laughs> most of the time we probably wouldn't even think that's sexy or we wouldn't understand <laughs> any of it because it, as far as cadence and the how thick the accent mm-hmm. can get, uh, mm-hmm. it's just enough to, to do it. But when yep. there are certain things that can't be said, I'm going, hmm, good to know. I'm not going to cast you in that one, but we're going to cast you over here. Yes. <laughs> I'm like Scottish Highlands. Goodbye. Not auditioning for that. <laughs> so do you have a favorite genre to perform in? I mean, romance specifically has all these different sub genres mm-hmm. underneath it. Paranormal, historical, Highlander. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, and, and even in YA, they also have all these other different, you know, uh, sub genres as well. Do you have one that it's a favorite of yours to perform? Um, I'm going to say I have probably like three top favorites. And for me, that's uh, under the subheading of romance, um, rom-coms. I prefer romantic comedies in general. Um, for YA, I tend to really like YA dystopian. Mm-hmm. And I really like cozy mysteries. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that one's been a popular as a late with with you guys, mm-hmm. as far as the narrator population saying, I'd love to do one or it's a favorite <laughs> to read. I'm about to get, you know, it's on my list of which ones to get as far as gig goes, but those are three are very popular. Yes, know, they are. I don't know why with young adults and YAs, dystopian. I'm like, you guys have your entire <laughs> life in front of you and this is where you're coming up with, but okay. <laughs> It's like, dude, it's the end of the world all the time. But they are really good stories sometimes that I'm going, yep. Kind of how I feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And always be like, oh, there's all this. We messed up the earth and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Oops. Let's fix it. Or Mm -hmm. I do a lot of stage combat in theater. So then sometimes dystopian is where suddenly it'll be like, oh, here's modern day, but with swords. (laughs) Instead of just fantasy, where fantasy with swords is cool too, but when it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's modern and now we're sword fighting too. Yeah, like, they, yes. they go back in time just to grab those, you know, medieval, you know, devices of swords to mm-hmm. to battle with, which I always find fascinating too. When I'm, you know, even if in high fantasy, they'll mm-hmm. do it, and I'm going, oh look, that's a British sword. Oh look, they're using the Scottish Highlander, you know, claymore. <laughs> Love it, yay. That's a big sword. You're a big dude. Dude, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So you do combat in at the theater as far as, um, you know, that one of the practices when it comes down to your performances? Yeah, I haven't necessarily been cast in many shows where I've had a chance to use it. Unfortunately, there are a lot of the shows that have stage combat. The males tend to get the stage combat more often. Not always, but... Um, I have done a little bit on stage. I have done um, fight choreography for a handful of shows, and I am certified in six of the eight weapons under the branch of the Society of American Fight Directors. Nice. You kick ass. (laughs) That's fantastic. And yeah, it's bummer that a lot of the sometimes that happens where the majority of those type of scenes will go to the to the guys. And yeah. I'm like, uh, we can kick ass just as good, if not looking better too. <laughs> so yeah. why not? But yeah, but at least in the book, in the book world, a lot of the times, especially with like uh, urban fantasies and even the YAs, the females are kicking just as much, if not more ass. Than exactly. So we're good there. <laughs> yeah. Is there a genre that you have yet to narrate in that you're really, really wanting to do? Hmm. That I have yet to narrate in. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, I don't feel like I've done anything that is, oh, well, maybe one. In general, I haven't really done anything that is specific, like this is fantasy. I've done a couple of things that were, I did one paranormal romance as one of my first books. And then I did one thing that is kind of a sci-fi slash fantasy sort of thing, but nothing where I'm like, this is pure fantasy. And I remember growing up, I can't remember the title of the series, but I always liked some of the uh, YA books that were dealing with the fairy realms and things like that. And Mm -hmm. so I guess that would be fantasy slash more paranormal. Okay. As as a Doctor Who fan, are you, you know, would love to get cast in one of the books when it comes out as far as audio or are you more of a I'm going to enjoy this from a pleasure perspective versus work I mean I would not say no to being like oh you want me to voice something in Doctor Who yes please you need an American take me (laughs) 
good. Well, that's good. You know, sometimes we're like, no, I don't want to do that because then it becomes work and then I don't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer a hobby. It's a job. Um, yeah, I can say that about most of my hobbies because almost all of my hobbies in some way, shape or form tie into something to do with my audiobook or theater or musical theater career. So that's always a fun line for me to have to draw. Of like, okay, I'm going to this tap dance class. While it can help me professionally, I'm doing this one for fun. <laughs> yep. I will not pick up the epoxy sets because I will end up having to create stuff for the shop. Nope. Mm-mm. Even though I would <laughs> love to work and figure out epoxy and how cool would that be to make that tray I want. But nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> Maybe does not need another hobby that will become work eventually. (laughs) It works. At least I know myself, right? At least I can Mm -hmm. say that. Perfect. Um, But yeah, we're going to have to see about um, watching out for you in future, you know, Doctor Who books then and see, you know, cameos or starting ups and who knows, you know, because those are always fun too when you are going through a book and then we're, we're kind of scoping of what the, the, the blurb is. And then like you get casting in from it. I'm like, Oh, Oh, she's in it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like bonus yes. going and, through the whole long list of multicast like okay there are like 50 people here who's here <laughs> i do i mean when it comes even to audiobooks multicasts have become a favorite of mine when done mm-hmm. right yes um, and so it's one of those when i'm like kind of getting it um i really wish sometimes though that they would be a little bit more detailed on you know this character these characters were voiced by so-and-so this character is voiced by so-and-so because sometimes y'all are that good that we can't tell that you've done three different characters john hartley um <laughs> uh, and so i kind of wish that that was the case but then again we also see the name we're like oh yeah it doesn't matter who you're voicing we'll figure yeah. that out later you know? or if you're listening to a multicast um, and then you're like, I really liked this. Like, I liked all the narrators, but I really liked this one. But I don't know who that one was. Now, I guess I'm going to go listen to all of the samples for all of them and be like, which one was it? Yes, I've had to do that. It, it can be a little fun, but a lot not. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it's between these two. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Options. Mm. But uh, yeah, that happened to me with John Hartley in a book. And that, which is how I learned of him. And, um, and then when I get that email with the three characters and his name next to it, I, I really thought it was a mistype. And so I wrote <laughs> back to the author and I'm like, I think you forgot or copy pasted incorrectly. And love you. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, no, he did all three. Damn. Okay. Got it. Learned my lesson there. <laughs> Trust the author. And um, wow, you can do that. Alrighty then. But um. That's really true that uh, the multi have you done multicast books or not as of yet? I have done a fair number of dual romances. And outside of that, I've done a few multicasts through the online stage. Uh, they do a lot of the public domain work. So I've done a few through them, but that's about it as far as my multicast. Okay. Same and similar with Duet, because I know that uh, since you didn't mention that it being different, it kind of falls in between the dual and the full cast. So people sometimes yeah. are like, yeah, what about that one? I'm like, no, that works. I love Duet. I think it's good too. So yeah, I've never done Duet. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be opposed to doing Duet, just haven't had the opportunity. Yeah. It's becoming more and more popular. I mean, there's significantly mm-hmm. more um, nuances to it, including, you know, cost. Mm-hmm. But um, when done bright, oh, it's so Absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within the books, there are a bunch of different scenes, whether it's the first time that they meet up and that first time that they have that sexual tension or when they're fighting mm-hmm. or when they're very creative bantering, so on and so forth. What is your favorite to perform? Ooh, tough question. I think probably my favorite, like I've done a fair number of ones where it's kind of the enemies to lovers sort of thing. And I always kind of like the moment where they're starting to realize, oh, I think I like this person. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, Damn it. And And just having those realizations is kind of fun where it's like, what is this feeling? It cannot be. Take it off. (laughs) Take it away. Yeah. And then burst into a song from Wicked, but not really. (laughs) You know, now that you mentioned the king, that would be a really kind of fun I mean, nowadays, a lot of some of the audiobooks are being more in a play style where they're, mm-hmm. you know, you know, they'll have some sounds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there needs to be a, some sort of a, at least just a one a one off musical, you know, of sorts <laughs> yes. where they're having that feeling of like, no, 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 no. And then poof, goes into a song, you know, yes. not the whole book, maybe just one song. And that's just to kind of because we all have that moment internally. We're thinking about it. Uh, but that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> You'd get the Broadway fans if no one else. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny enough. I I was a little curious slash apprehensive. Hmm. Statistically speaking, science nerd of sorts, kind of like wondering how it would go when mm-hmm. that whole concept of adding sound effects, making it more of a radio mm-hmm. show slash kind of thing happened because some pe- people don't like change. And yeah. Um, you know, how also it's done quality, you know, is important. So if someone's doing it, but they're not good at it, um, it can totally sway you from potentially trying it again. And yes. funny enough, though, the audiences that have the books that have done it, they've done a really good job at it. Mm-hmm. And the audience has been like, oh, okay, cool. And they've like, they've embraced it. Mm-hmm. You know, some find it a little distracting as some, you know, but others are completely you know, embracing it. And even those that find it a little bit distracting have still listened to the whole thing versus a DNFing it. So yeah, that works. So and you with your talent now, if anybody out there as an author is writing that story, now you know <laughs> who to cast. She sings, she dances, she fights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she can do it all. Um, so that's definitely it um, from potential perspective of upcoming things. It ebbs and flows. I mean, first of all, it was solo narration then dual duet multicast now it means like what else are you guys gonna throw in the mix people what else <laughs> right <laughs> now there are holograms <laughs> oh god no let's not go there yeah that's another conversation with ai and all that fun stuff too oh, so yeah. no i mean only only if they're going to use us human actors as the models because i do on camera and everything too so if they want mm-hmm. to use <laughs> film me and somehow do that with the hologram cool but otherwise no yeah no. <laughs> I, mean, I think there's a there's a like a contest show and i think it's singing where the the singers stay behind and they get a, like a call uh like an avatar um and then they go as their avatar outside to do the performance and yes. people have to figure that out i have to find out what the name of that show is yeah i was looking at it recently i can't remember the name off the top of my head but i remember uh the singer jewel was one of them one year because i and i was like oh because i grew up listening to her a lot my dad still constantly listens to her in the car and i'm like that was her 
Yeah. Well, that was the, the Masked Singer. That's a, that was another show oh, that yeah oh, they had that the costumes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But still similar concept, yeah. right? They start. I mean, yeah. we all start as cartoons, right? Um, mm-hmm. and now we have three D, you know, printing and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So now there's literally like a hologram. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. And so the person is singing and doing all the movements as if they're performing themselves, but in behind the curtain. And then the hologram is in front. Oh, wow. And they look completely different or they can make it however they want. And it's almost a whole concept of um, what that other show where people don't see you until they mm-hmm. vote for you. Yeah. Um, to kind of not let appearances take away from the mm-hmm. performance, you know, which is perfect for audiobooks concept. And uh, yeah, so it was interesting for that. But I'm like, mm, no, unless you're doing a live performance in my house, you know, that's different, you know, download it yes. from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you're going to be going to Allure this September, yes, right? Mm-hmm. Excited there. Is this going to be your first event slash convention in general as a signing narrator or attendee? Or have you been to them before? Uh, this is going to be my first one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's a good way to pop that cherry, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to travel very far, which I'm like, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. So are you um, are you planning on maybe staying on site or close to it? Or are you going to be traveling back and forth? Because that could also take a toll. I mean, right now, my plan is to travel back and forth just because um, I live not far. I, I'm out in the suburbs now. I used to be in the city proper, but now I'm out in the suburbs and I'm like, you know, I'm going to save money because I'm not that far away. I might enlist my husband or my parents and be like, I don't want to drive. Can someone come pick me up so I don't have to drive or catch the train <laughs> at the end of a long night? But we'll mm-hmm. see. Those details still need to be worked out, but I'll probably be like, someone pick me up. Just I'm going to be the lazy diva for once. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, also you can invite them to say, Hey, come see me work. Look at what I do. Um, <laughs> you know, these are the, the fun accolades of doing what I do, um, meeting the fans and stuff like that. Yeah. You will, ha- will you have a couple of authors that you've worked with as well attending? Um, unfortunately not. Uh, I've been following the list, hoping that one of my authors will show up, but unless I manage to book something by one of them in the next month or two, no. Okay. No, that's uh but also but you've had peers that are going so that's good that you've narrated yeah. with right so that's mm-hmm. gonna be fun i think kind of i think some people have said it's gonna be a little weird meeting them for the first time considering some of the scenes we've done together yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's um one of my co-narrators for a book that just recently came out i've never met him in person but i know he'll be there so i'm like oh cool i'll actually get to meet him and then other narrators from the chicago community who i've Met, but haven't necessarily narrated with, but we've gotten together for little gatherings. Um, well, we'll be fun. there. So, yeah. That's fun. See, good. Usually, <laughs> you guys are always like, well, I'm all alone in the booth and we don't get to hang out or anything. And I'm, so I'm glad that you guys are doing that. I think there's, um, when there's pockets like that, that you can kind of connect, it's important to get also out of the booth and stop talking to yourselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's going to be a fun event. There's going to be a lot of different things between panels and there's going to be two major parties, you mm-hmm. know, the prohibition um, and then the, the fire and ice gala. Yes. And uh, lots of fun times. Are you dressing up for them or for um, a little bit more casual? I will probably, I I'm planning on dressing up for fire and ice. At least it might be a bridesmaid dress that I've only had the opportunity to wa- wear once uh, since I own it, but, mm-hmm. um, 
and it's floor length. So I'm like, cool, it's pretty and I get to wear it again. Yes, um, bonus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far <laughs> as the other stuff, I'll probably go dressy but casual-ish mm-hmm. because long days. Yeah. <laughs> and I like oh. to be comfy. <laughs> Yeah, definitely comfy shoes for the entire duration as much as possible. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I'm actually looking at now is trying to figure out, okay, cute shoes, because you still want to be cute, especially if you're dressing up, mm-hmm. um, but comfy, must yes. be comfy. <laughs> <laughs> that's always the that's always the dilemma where you're like, I need comfy shoes, but what will match with this outfit? Yeah, right. And I'm like, you still want to be cute. Um, also my, aside from, you know, comfortable that I'm able to walk in them, they have some <laughs> gorgeous shoes, but they're like stiletto, you know, yeah. heels and I'm going, no, no, not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm five, seven and, uh, my equilibrium. It's, no, no, that, that's a walking <laughs> joke right there. Walking happening. Not going to happen, but, but they're so cute, you know, yeah. like, dang it. Where are this in like a two inch heel or flats? Come on. Um, but yeah. So I will look forward to seeing you there and connecting yeah. with you there. As well as I'm sure lots of the listeners and the readers are there as well, mm-hmm. are really going to be fun, you know, meeting you guys and getting you guys to sign all sorts of different things. That's my, like my little moment of mm-hmm. who's going to sign up <laughs> the stuffed penis. Um, <laughs> what will they bring now? Uh, no lie. There was a convention a few years ago where they brought, it was like a pillow of sorts and they, there was a shape of a penis. And it got signed. So, well, honestly, if anyone is listening to this who is wanting me to sign anything, please bring me something weird to sign so that I can just have a good (laughs) (laughs) giggle at that. I I would fully appreciate that. Perfect. (laughs) Yes. Goals are important. But yeah, no, they'll be, you'll run the gamut from really cute stuff that they'll create themselves. They'll do books with the book covers on them, almost like those scrapbooks of sorts. Mm -hmm. And and then you'll see pillows and t-shirts and toast. Oh my. And someone with a sewing capability or someone that knows someone on Etsy will have a penis pillow. So, <laughs> hey, it works. We're in the right genre for that anyway. So, yes, indeed yeah. we are. <laughs> so when you're not working and, you know, prepping and doing things for work, what do you do for fun? Um, read. I do like to read outside of everything that I read for work. Um, I like photography. So if I can, especially nature. Uh, So I like getting outside. So if I can go to a forest preserve or a state park or something with my camera, that's something I really enjoy. Um, I've been getting back into writing, which I used to do back in junior high and high school, but had kind of taken a decade long hiatus from outside of school. So I've been working on writing my own cozy mystery. Nice. So yeah, I think that's mostly it. Mm -hmm. And uh, tap dance, uh, that's Mm -hmm. something else that fits into my musical theater career, but I consider that a hobby on its own. Oh, and softball. I do like playing softball when I have the chance. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's a huge gamut of, you know, things all over the place, but keeps you going. Yes. So, so when you say camera and photography, you're actually mm-hmm. talking about like a camera camera with film yes. or digital? Um, I have a digital camera. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy film, but I haven't done that in a while, but back in high school, my dad's into photography as well. So we used to take out his film camera and we had, um, I'm blanking on the terminology for it now, but all the equipment that we needed to develop the film and mm. uh, print the pictures at home. Oh, so the, that, the that is something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we used the, 
my parents own a violin shop, but they had, uh, we actually set everything up in the bathroom and put stuff under the door so light wouldn't come in. And we'd develop pictures in the bathroom, which sounds a little weird, but it was the darkest room. So it made sense. Yeah. You know, I, I, I took some classes too when I was um, in high school and, and beginning of college. And that's just the one thing I never got to do was develop the photos from a film. And it's still on my to-do list. One of these days, I'm going <laughs> to figure out a way to do it. I still have the Nikon with the film and then I still have the Canon with my digital. But that's why I was asking because not many people nowadays still have the actual you know, photography cameras, unless you're a more of a professional, I'm actually doing this for a job sorts yeah. of thing. That's been um, on my wish list of like my uh, holiday wish list every year. It's been like mm-hmm. film camera, please. Um, <laughs> actually, it's funny when I was in college, I did take a photography class and it was a film photography class. But I just nice. remember after a late night rehearsal, I got out of rehearsal at like 10 p.m., but I had to develop film for class. Um, so I went down, it's in the same building. And I just remember someone in the music department in the fine arts building was apparently playing Phantom of the Opera upstairs. And I'm alone in this dark room and you just hear, and I'm like, (laughs) do I need to be scared? Cause that musical is kind of creepy and I'm alone in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) That or bring into song. You had two options, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, see, when stuff like that happens, I'm like, hmm, I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> I was like, I'm quickly finishing up what I need to do and running out of there and going to my dorm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's so much fun. Uh, again, it's on my list of things to do um, in this lifetime to be able to take that photo and take it and put it in all these different liquids that I don't know how the chemistry works, but make it happen, you know, mm-hmm. and then they, there I took it. But at the same time, I'd probably be concerned about, did I take it at the right angle and the lighting and all that, fun, which is why mm-hmm. I love digital, you know, because you can automatically see it and you're going, no, that yes. didn't work. They closed their eyes. Open them, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> or be like, oh, I totally messed up the exposure on this photo. Let me adjust yes. that now. Yes, 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 totally. But again, fun. And yes. You know, nice way to calm you know kind of still enjoy the atmosphere and the environment and Mm -hmm. appreciate the beauty especially Mm -hmm. when you're going outdoors and stuff so gives you a moment to just take it in for sure yeah so with all the words that you're saying every single day into that mic Mm -hmm. what is your favorite word not separate from a curse word but favorite word that's the next part of the question oh my favorite word Well, I think just because the meaning of it is hilarious is hippopotamonstrosis quipidaliophobia, the fear of long words. Dang, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she said it, said it so eloquently and flawless. It was, an, it was a bonus um, spelling word in like fourth grade. Oh, my so God. I've known it for a while. That's why I can just whip it out. <laughs> Dang. Fear of long words. You have yes. no problems there, though. <laughs> <laughs> At least not with that word. Right. There's a really long name of some town in Wales. That one scares me. Oh, yeah. Those are that's that's a different pronunciation of all sorts of things. (laughs) But no, my goodness. So what is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word. Ah. Hmm. I honestly... I don't know. I think I don't curse a ton personally. I guess the things that will generally come out of my mouth most often if I'm in the booth and I'm 
recording a line and I've said it 10 times and it's still not happening are either crap or fuck. Um, but I do like there was a play once when I was in high school where we were each allowed to keep one swear word in and any other swears had to be cut. But mm-hmm. I just remember there's fuck a duck. Oh, <laughs> well, that's technically three words. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you say and put it all together, it's just the one. So yeah. nice. I, I think if someone else has said something similar, that might be a Southern. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a narrative from the South. She was saying that that's an old one that they do that when she gets tired, um, she'll hear something like that. Her accent will come out and I'm like, oh, okay. And then she busted out with something similar to that. So, but fuck a duck. Okay. I have to borrow that one just to see how it feels. Or just whatever ridiculous uh, ones that cozy mystery authors come up with where they don't want to swear, but they make up. uh... Mm -hmm. Shoot, you know, fudge, all that fun stuff. (laughs) <laughs> one of the thing, one of the things I love to do with my guests, uh, you know, aside from obviously chatting, is doing a fun game where I get to know them better and also see, figure out um, how creative they can be, and also how much of a good liar they are. Is with two truths and a lie. If mm-hmm. you can tell us three things mm-hmm. about you, we'll figure out which one's the lie. So whenever you're ready. Okay. Let's see. I took a graduate level class about manatees for fun. I have never been to New England. And I have had allergic reactions to paper products. Oh, wow. Hmm. So allergic reaction to paper products. Class about manatees. And I'm sorry, what was the second one there? I have never been to New England. New England. Sorry, I just completely blanked on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Never been to New England. Okay. Hmm. The lie is that you have some weird allergies to paper? Nope. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That's not. Oh, ooh. <laughs> that's that could be hard, girl. <laughs> I mean, it's not like every time I touch paper, I have mm-hmm. it, but I have at least two. Well, basically, uh, I had a typing class and our class didn't have the fancy rubber covers for the keyboards and they made me tape a piece of computer paper over the keyboard and I had to raise my hand and ask the teacher to stop because I'm like, my hands are burning and bright red. <gasps> and then again in college, I was having to, in the scene shop for a show, uh, cut Epson board, which is basically a thick cardboard with a jigsaw. Mm-hmm. And oh. from inhaling that, um, I actually started coughing. I turned bright red. I couldn't breathe. They, It wasn't bad enough to go to the hospital or anything, but they sent me out of the room because I was having an allergic reaction. And then later I realized when I was in high school writing papers, um, my the side of my hand that was rubbing the paper as I was writing would mm-hmm. always be bright red. And I thought that huh. was normal. But huh. then I actually asked other people and they're like, yeah, that's never happened to me. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. But, but, you know, probably a lot more common than people think they just don't stop to think that it could be possibly that you're it's, it's alert an allergy to the paper you know yeah and it's so, probably some chemical on yeah. the paper not the paper itself so mm-hmm. i don't know ex- exactly what ingredient it is but something in paper products <laughs> okay that makes life it's just interesting too because you're always i'm assuming you're always kind of going hmm will it or won't it let's play <laughs> <laughs> yeah that whenever there's customers for a show, they're like, do you have any allergies? I'm like, uh, not really, but please don't make my costume out of paper. 
which I'm sure sometimes the reactions um, can be rather interesting. <laughs> They're like, I wasn't planning on it, but okay. <laughs> Good to know. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we have options then still left of never been to New England or you took a class about manatees just for fun. Hmm. Yes. Is that manatee class just for fun, the lie? Nope. I knew it. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I go, the amount of hot things that you do from the, 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 the sword fighting and all these other things, because she probably just did it for fun. Watch. Ugh. Yeah, I actually got an entire graduate certificate for fun. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Not an overachiever at all. <laughs> I like school. What can I say? You're a learner. No, no. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that are like that, that are, mm-hmm. you know, you know, perpetual like learners that they, they, but we never knew that's what it was, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but wow, manatees. I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was younger. So it's, yeah, that uh, was my plan all the way through high school, double major in theater and marine biology, but theater be my career. Mm-hmm. And then the school I went to didn't have marine biology, but later I'm like, oh, the University of Florida has this whole certificate program where I can take, I can take online classes about manatees. I can do aquatic animal health issues, aquatic animal conservation issues. Sign me up. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're great. Um, Being here in Florida, very fortunate to be able to go to things like, you know, SeaWorld and other places. I have yet to see one in real life just because Mm -hmm. I have not had the opportunity, but I also don't want to mess with them because that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Yes. Um, but that would have been a fun class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've never been to New England. Well, I have. The The lie mm-hmm. was I have right. never yes. been to New England. Yes. Right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> just making sure that was clear. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have been. I actually, in 2016, spent a little over two months living in New Hampshire doing a children's theater tour. Hmm. Nice. And then I'm going to a New England narrator's retreat in a couple of months. Um, so I'll be there again, but I haven't been back since 2016. So Okay. Well, it's better weather when you're going. It's a little mm-hmm. cooler, hopefully. So depending yeah, on where. It, it was very strange. I was there from like June to August. And June, it started off in the mountains super cold. And I mm-hmm. had not packed enough clothing for cold weather. So I'm like, I have one sweatshirt and I'm wearing this every day. <laughs> and then it very quickly became, I'm boiling. Yeah. Yeah, it does that. And you're going, I don't know. But also <laughs> Chicago was like that too. The one time yes. when I went uh, years ago for a book convention, um, and here I am going back for another one. And <laughs> it was hilarious because um, when it was being Florida, usually we have, it's always short weather, but uh, <laughs> you know, layers <laughs> are important. So I did that. Thing as far as taking a bunch of different outfits and but also where I can layer in case it was mm-hmm. cold because you know do a little bit of research use the weather is crazy but I did not realize how cold it got specifically when you're closer to the water mm-hmm. I was like yes. wow <laughs> can you can y'all fight on the phone in, in a different location are you guys almost done with it oh, my friend, <laughs> this friend was having a fight with her boyfriend at the time and I'm going freezing ass off here <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, especially the wind during winter. That's the case. Yes, 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 definitely. It was windy too, but um, but yeah, it's a great city. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to going back there. But so is New England. New England's really pretty. But again, mm-hmm. the, the weather can run its gamuts. So yes. Yeah. So before we go, can you let us know what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that you can share? Sure. Well, next week I have Jingle Jammies by Robin Neely releasing. 
and that's a Hallmark-esque Christmas romance. Um, I have Big Bossy Trouble my, by Lillian Monroe, which is book two in the Manhattan Billionaire series, uh, narrated by myself and Stephen Bourne. Uh, the previous book released, I think, about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So that one's coming out. And then sometime in about the next month, I have books four and five in the Emerson Pass historical series by Tess Thompson coming out. Now, that's The Problem Child and The Musician. And they are both currently with my editor, since uh, that is an indie author project. So mm-hmm. those will be coming out as soon as ACX or Find Away releases them yeah. after they're uploaded. <laughs> I know. It's like, dude, seriously. Um, which I know fans are always like, when is it going to come out? I'm like, when they let them free? <laughs> <laughs> when they're let out of their cages um keep an eye out (laughs) it's like a mystery it's like a game we never know yeah you're like just keep watching it's someday Mm -hmm. soon ish (laughs) yeah that's also one of the reasons why i love following you guys on social media and the author as well or if there's a, a a group um, on Facebook specifically that you know discusses audiobooks and they're good about sharing new releases or mm-hmm. if, if the author also has reader groups they'll do that as well because or my favorite are the newsletters that are specifically for audiobooks because as soon as that thing pops up they're like boom there you go I'm like yes <laughs> finally you know sometimes yes. I wake up to 15 emails but I'm going oh my god <laughs> choose okay great eeny meeny miny not you um <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Shana, for taking the time to hang out with me and Tad. And again, looking forward to hanging out in in September at Allure. So I appreciate you for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure to actually get to chat with you instead of just seeing you on social media. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, oh, look, yay. We know each other. Now we, now, now we have a different degree of knowing each other. And then we're going to really know each other later. It's like how the world works. Meet in social. Can we do phone calls or Zoom chats? And then boom, in person. Yay. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I will be including all of your social links on the post for this episode over at Viviana Enchantress of Books. So if you're not following her, you'll have a chance to do so. And until next time, happy listenings. Thank you to all of our audiobook-loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook-loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shout-outs, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.